This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wood, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal Cast and YouTube. All right, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Cabal Cast. Uh, we've got BNR predictions, we've got financial implications of C19 and Throne of Eldraine, and we are prepping for Vegas this week, so yep. be sure to come see Rep and I at our respective booths. He will be at Face to Face, and I will be at Miniature Market. So swing on by and say hey. Mm -hmm. And without further ado, then, let's get started on the financial implications of more wallet fatigue, Hell because I yeah, love it. Oh, yeah. We're running out of sets, though, for the year, which is nice. It's these la these two, and then we're done. Yeah, so thankfully. You can look I forward to that. I am not. Ah, uh, it's rough. No, uh, C19's been interesting, more so than uh, Eldraine, just because with C19, I've seen a handful of spikes centered around that, like uh, Balthor, the Defiled, last week yeah. popped up. Uh, it was Game Nights, I believe, uh, put on something that week with Balfour. They were yeah, right, and, yeah. And uh, that card basically disappeared off the internet and uh, price reset on TCG, etc. Uh, and uh, it just kind of like seemingly went. It hasn't seen any more play on EDH rec. It's still less than 1% in 1% of decks on that site. It's just a yeah. good reanimator card. I mean, I'll, I'll, yeah, that's really all it is. So uh, somebody pointed out and asked what was going on with it, and I think I spent the, the majority of the next hour or so trying to figure this out because Balthor is a card that I've always kept in my trade binder. Uh, the, the card reads you know, pretty impressively for this little dwarf guy that could. He's basically one of the best mass reanimator cards you have for Commander. Yeah. You know, he costs four and then three more to mass reanimate, and with Urborg Cabal Coffers in play, you're looking at, I think, like turn five or something like that. About, yeah. Mass reanimate, right? It's pretty good. So uh, we saw that, and we'll probably see it again uh, as both Star City and Geek Knights will be running another set of Commander videos starring the C19 decks, but we're not sure if either of those groups will run updates in those decks or not. Yeah. Uh, we also saw things like Ideas and Bound kind of double up. With the Madness deck, it is one of the best blue Madness out outlets there are. And the Twiddlestorm deck placed in, I believe, the top 64 of Grand Prix Minneapolis. And there were three copies of GP Birmingham, although they did not do that well. And Ideas yeah. and Bound is a cornerstone of that deck, so we saw that pop. And there's just yeah. going to be generic fallout from this set. You know, you're looking at. Uh, Madness and reanim and which leads to reanimator themes in the, yeah. the black red deck, and then you're going to see some stuff out of the cycling deck too. Um, despite the fact that there are some cycling lands in there, the, none of the rare lands are in there, which is kind of important. So we might see a run on them. Yeah, um, the Vesuvian Shapeshifter was also reprinted, but that kind of brings the card back to light for a card that was reprinted in Time Spiral and A25 only. Those are fairly limited print runs on that card. C19 yeah. does not do much to alleviate the pressure of just generic scarcity. Um, so that is a card I believe we called out in our private Discord a couple of weeks ago. And while it is flat on stocks right now, uh, both it and A25, it this is the first time that a morph deck is really supported in this way with the, and giving your creatures the ability to flip up and down uh, 
with uh, Vesuvian can do it itself. Then you have Ixidor, which allows for that, and Dream Chisel, which I hope yeah. everybody's seen spiked as well. Helps you flip. We're definitely going to see some fallout from these decks for the next couple of weeks to months as people kind of flesh things out and buy into them. Yeah. The, the I, I think the interesting thing is, you know, Soul Ring's a dollar to buy, and it's going to be 4 to $5. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every year when these sets come out, and this is something that I think more people should keep an eye on, is like Lightning Reef, Soul Ring, Thran Dynamo, uh, just like the Mana Rocks yep. that are always in these sets that seem to be reprint proof are suddenly worth dirt. Yes. And just hoover all of those up. Soul Ring will never not be, like, during the summer, not a $2 buy list card. There's no point. There's just too much demand. Everyone needs it for all their EDH decks. Sheldon's doubled down, I don't even know how many times at this point, and been like, yeah, no, we're going to keep Soul Ring around. Like, all right, yeah, great, yeah. cool. Then guess what? It just, you should be buying. Okay. Yeah. It's the, buy them all. Yeah. You know, they're, it's not getting banned. Sorry, Dan Bach. I know that's your thing. I just don't, I don't see it happening. No. And I, I, I think that that's, that's a key thing that I think a lot of people overlook this time of year is that you can just, oh, you've got four soul rings in your binder. Well, here's like a, you know, $4 card. Yeah. I'll take all four soul rings. Yeah. Thanks. That, that's the, the commander variant up through revised their, Getting close to ten, I believe, True. somewhere between yeah. six, six and eight right now. Uh, but it, it, that's absolutely the case. The other card that I don't think got a, a reprint, not at least as far as I've seen, Commander twenty seventeen was the last time is uh, Wayfarer's Bauble, and yeah. that card is basically just kind of floating along the market and average uh, inverted not too long ago, and they're now coming back together uh, for Bauble, and it's in seven percent of decks on EDH rec. And this is another card that you can usually just kind of scoop up because it's a common everywhere it's been printed. So the set printings, etc., are all going to be pretty easy to find. And regardless of how many colors you're playing, this is still a worthwhile card to have. Right? Yeah. Just basic land fetch on an artifact. You can play it in anything and everything. Do it. Just uh, an easy pickup. Uh, Exotic Orchard's another one of those cards that just keeps going down and down and down and down. And I think it's. What was it? In. Uh, original Lorwyn block is Shadow Yes. Mark? Yep. Yeah. So that so again we're looking at an, an initial set with a very limited print run and a card that always tanks when it's reprinted but cycles back up during the year. I think reflecting pool is similar in terms of price graph. Yep. Uh, if you take yeah. a look at it, let me see if I can bring it up for uh, yeah, cons- Shadow Mark, Conspiracy, and a World Champ deck for reflecting pool. Yeah. Uh, original pretty, printing and tempest pretty good yeah um i also think you know speaking of financial ramifications we saw grip of phyrexis phyrexia whatever that uncommon was uh for a while was worth a decent amount of money and i think that and this is a free pick for everyone watching uh if you want an uncommon from these decks to go after leadership vacuum this card is going to be in every blue deck in edh uh, target player return each commander they control from the battlefield to the command zone. Draw a card at instant speed for three mana. Yep. It's an extra counter spell for your general. Whatever. Yeah. It, it's great. Just trust me. Yeah. I'm trying to bring it up, but it's not pulling on stocks. But yeah, it. no matter what you can get it at, it'll be worth more later on. The card is just going to be a staple. It's just like Imprisoned in the Moon is slowly going up because it allows you to just 
handle 187 commands. Anything, like, yeah. Gone. Doesn't it's, matter. It's great. Yeah, but blue removal is, is hard to find, and this is just uh, another good example of a blue control card printed in the supplemental set. So, I think that's a good free pick. But the one thing that I haven't seen while we were while we've been in C19 season is uh, much more hype for Eldraine. After the, the initial, uh, there will be fairies. Okay, let's buy out fairy cards. Wait, no. Fairy tales. All right, let's keep, keep buying out fairy cards. Wait, no, there will be literally no fairies in this set. Stop being dumb. Yeah. After that, and the printing of the new card frame for, I guess, what the books are going to be. Yeah. Uh, like I saw a lot of hype for people who wanted to come play Magic again, or Standard. But I don't know what format people like that are going to want to come in and play. Yeah, no idea. So, uh, I I think I will say I think I'm very excited for the art market because the art in this set is great. Yeah. So I for one can't wait. I just it it'll be interesting because I I assume you saw the uh, photoshopped. Oh, we just said that so we could watch people shit the bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Included yeah. Glenn. Yep. And like that was that was a little bit of a, you know, a little thumbs much. up to, you know, the MTG finance people from the Internet. But yeah. I I think that it will be interesting to see um, what the financial fallout is. I think obviously, you know, fairies, maybe, maybe not. But until we get uh, until we get more spoilers, I just don't know how likely it's going to be that we see anything, you know? Yeah, I, I think, like, that notwithstanding, the, the only time I saw people really interested to come back and play the set was when the uh, the theme and that card frame were released. Yeah. And that, that was about it. It's not the, uh, whatever the new Mythic Edition is, that new box that I can't remember the name of, the, like, $150, $200 box. Yeah. It's not the PPUs, the the change to that. It's just purely the subject material of this set and the look of the cards that really has yep. people interested in coming back. If it does bring people back, though, that seems like the kind of thing where we'll see a lot of people enter back, most likely into paper, because if they're interested yeah. in that frame, that's where you get it, that's where you get to hold it and deal with it physically. You might not see a lot of people come back to play Arena for that reason. Yeah. Like, it's... It's arena is convenient, yes, but it's not going to be the way that people want to handle these cards and treat them because there is that aesthetic that you will miss, and that yeah. falls into, uh, like you said, the art market for this. So, yeah, it, it'll be. I mean, it's it ties in very well, I think, with what they're doing with arena, mm -hmm. where they're getting new people in or they're getting old people back, and I think that this is something we're going to see that interestingly and i think for the best uh you know is going to bring more people to the market i still don't think that makes you know standard by any means even remotely valuable no no but eh, you know it, it's more people is better because maybe it extends the paper timeline from five years to six until it's dead yeah who knows they can't just keep pumping out like banger after banger you have to have some just medium gameplay set, like medium sets from a design standpoint that just allow the game to function properly yeah like the more heaters you throw out there the more you kind of push into the territory if something's going to be overpowered there might need to be a standard ban and you just fall into that tailspin again 
Yep. Like you just need some foundation style sets. We also have rotation in the fall that kicks out all of Ixalan block. Thank God, because that's been around yeah. for, for what feels like forever. And that changes the landscape, which might bring some more people back to standard with Eldraine, because you still have the, like, all the themes that Ixalan brought for the first time in Pirates and Dinosaurs, like those just kind of float along with uh, the core set. You know, you still get that yeah. kind of stuff. And it just rejuvenates the standard format as a whole. You you lose all the pillars of this format that have been there since October 2017 or 2018, something like that. Yeah. How long Ixalan's been in this godforsaken format? And then you're just Too left... Long. Yeah, you're left essentially with uh, three really good Ravnica sets. Again. A pretty hot medium core set. Yeah. And Eldrain, which should do enough to shake up standard, hopefully. Yeah. You know? So, if we do see enough people flock back into standard that demand jumps again for paper cards, you will just see prices for everything float float up. Yeah. You know? It could go all the way back to RAV sets as people buy into standard, and you might see an uptick in, in shocks as more people buy into the format, but that won't be... a there won't be a huge amount of float, and it won't last for that long. It's just as people yeah. buy in. But then you'll see more sustained growth in the game, which is makes for a better economy overall within the game. It doesn't really uh, trickle down or affect much. No. What could happen with Eldraine is that this is another standard set where it's very obvious what the EDH hits are, and so you see immediate finance opportunities within EDH in this set. So that keeps yeah. prices up as well as people are looking to pick up these singles, looking to crack uh, boosters for this stuff. And, or you could wind up with what happened with Kaladesh and you have just a few cards that cost an exorbitant amount of money compared to the rest of the set because EDH demand was set from day one and those prices were solid all the way through into rotation or in the case of Panharmonicon when it saw play in standard for the yeah. the Bant's uh, combo deck. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Eldrain really... The more spoils we get, the more we'll be able to figure it out. But uh, I'm hoping it just brings people back to paper for the time being. Fingers crossed. It's true. It's true. Here's we'll see. Open. Yeah. But, I don't know. Where I think Vegas might start the uh, spoiler season. Uh, I believe it's supposed to start, if not the week after, then the week after that, within like two weeks of it. Um, as when it should be starting. I am not going to dig through the muddle, the mothership for it right now. Um, I know we got some of the brawl stuff. We got Rowan spoiled mm. from something, but I don't know. And the mothership is such a nightmare to navigate, so nope. Yep. Let's see if I can find this real quick. Release date is October 4th, which means it's the last weekend in September, so we're about a month away. So yeah, we won't really start getting spoilers until well after Vegas. Okay. okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, so, you know, keeping up to date with that isn't going to be too difficult, because like I said, it's the last set of the year. We're not going to be inundated with supplemental set, supplemental set, supplemental set for the next yeah, no. months. So it'll be... <clears throat> it'll be easy to figure out and standard at this point is fairly figured out you have the standard cadre of decks and gen dinosaurs vampires uh mono red which is coming making a comeback 
and uh, various flavors of Bant, either just Ramp or Escape Shift, and you know that's pretty much the format. There's not a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. There. What you can do is start looking into cheap buys uh, that are going to rotate into modern or just have eternal uh, playability in general. Uh, a question was asked of uh, our guy who actually won the MCQ in Birmingham uh, with Red White Burn, what to do with his Dominaria boxes that he picked up off the prize wall. Yeah. It was too late to pick up anything else by the time he'd won the MCQ, and so we just took a look at the set, and Tefri is the most expensive card in that set at $23. After that, it's Karn at, like, 10 that set Yeah. Is, that set is abysmal, but it definitely has playables that are that did and will see play in Eternal formats. 4CMC Karn, Tefri, uh, there's a number of Legends that are high-profile. You have uh, Moldrothra as yeah. another hit. Uh, Mock the Mox Amber yeah. is in there. Uh, I can't remember the name of the 7-7 seven, seven artifact ding-dong. Uh, Traxos? Yes, that one for uh, shops. Shops, exactly. Yep. yep. Like that. You know, it's there. And then it has some, uh, it also has all the infinite legends. You have uh, the the red-white uh, equipment legend. You have Tatiova, the Simic legend. Slimefoot, which we talked about. Like that set definitely yeah. has cards for the long run, so this might be the time where instead of looking at Eldraine and seeing what we can do there, like maybe you just want to start taking a look at what is in Dominaria and definitely holds uh, eternal playability in Commander or uh, non-rotating formats like Modern Legacy Vintage. Yeah. Because like I said, most of these cards are cheap. Check stocks, hit in, hit invest, or sets, and take a look at Dominaria. Like it, It's ridiculous how weak that set is financially. Now would be the time. Also, search for, search for his content is ridiculously cheap, too, right now. Like, yeah. I was looking through our past picks, and that one's just... It was good, and then it just tanked. Yeah. I mean, I still think long-term it's fine. It's legacy and modern, you know, Thorex, whatever. Yeah. Commander so, Cube. Like, pick a format. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, $4 for that is too cheap for the non-foil, and the buy box being less than 40 is... Ridiculous, yeah. Absurd. Yeah, like... The buy box is at least held pretty steadily, maybe like 10 to 15% uh, drop since the last time yeah. I looked at it and picked mine up, but $4 for a regular Sorceress Cont is ridiculous. Like, I'm holding all of mine until it goes back up, i.e. after they banned Hogak. When, yeah. a lot of, when Blue X Control, be it Jeskai or just Azorius, can actually function in modern. Um, but I guess we can use that as a gentle segue. Yeah, so speaking of B&H... Uh, hot take are hot hot take here um faithless looting they're not going to ban hogak they're not going to ban altar altar is clearly the call hogak is a better call but wizards has their head so far up their ass they're eating their next meal while they're digesting it no so i think faithless looting is going to get the hit it's wrong it's incorrect it should be altar or hogak I think in modern we see looting get the hit. I want in vintage Karn, Narset, Karn? Teferi, uh, Great Creator. Great creator, yeah. creator, Narset, Teferi, Shop, Restrict. 3CMC Teferi? Restrict. Yes, 3CMC Teferi. Uh, Not the all of our uh, watchers are. It's fair. Are yeah, yeah. The, the, the 3CMC Teferi, because there are way too many, like, games and vintage where the blue-white matchup literally comes down to who resolves Teferi first. Or Narset, yeah. Or Narset. 
And like, if you resolve it, it's like, all right, well, I guess I'm GG'd from this forever. So, oh yeah, let's it's, go to the next one. It's like resolving your fact or fiction after you have Tog on board. Like, we'll see you in the next game. Roll it up. Yeah. Okay. See you later. Bye. Um, I don't think there's any changes to Legacy. No, that format looked great over the weekend. Yeah, it's the Legacy is in the best position it has been since before Counterbalance got printed, in my opinion. Yeah. It's absurd. It's so good right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that's that's my prediction. Okay. What I want to happen is to see Alter Band in Modern. Teach him a lesson? Uh, it's, it's the right call. I mean, I just don't know, like, what else? I know... So Emma Handy, Sam Black, and Autumn Burchett, as far as I know, were the only people that worked together that played Alter and Hogak. But they also played Leyline in the main, which seemed like a number uh, a bunch more teams did. I think Alter yeah. is definitely a card. Like if they have a, a list of cards to keep an eye on, I think Alter stays on that list because the more creatures and more ETB triggers you have that create tokens the dumber that card gets in the format. And yeah. I think it Alter should probably go the way of Rampaging Ferocidon. Why do you ban it? Just wait and see. Yeah. I I just... It restricts future design space, and I mean, mm -hmm. by no means is it going to be as bad as, like, Pod was. No. I loved no. Pod. It was degenerate. It was great. Yeah. It probably needed to be banned for the health of the format. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I, I just I think it does too much long term, yeah. and I think it does hose enough strategies that it's okay. Okay, but I, I get that. Uh, who knows? All right, all right. I want to I want to pop off now. So yeah, from from modern, uh, or of similar minds, but I I think Hogak is going this time. I don't think there's a question about it. I think they they take Hogak out, but to to go with it. I also think they take Faithless Looting. I love that card to death. Faithless Looting is one of my favorite red cards to cast in Magic because I'm a degenerate and play Dredge in Legacy. But if you take Faithless Looting out, you open up design space in the format to work with the graveyard a little more because right now that is the area of the format that is the weakest in regards to proactive play against. You either play Leyline, Cage, Surgical in some combination, or you just can't play against graveyard strategies effectively, or rest in peace. But that actually costs, fair. you know, colored mana. If you take out, you know, disregard, like, forget Hogak exists, if you take out Faithless Looting, you cut the graveyard off as a strategy, and now you see what I believe will be fewer complaints about needing more sideboard slots for modern. Because Faithless Looting just does too much. It help it helps you filter it powers up your graveyard it powers up delve spells which we are already know are ridiculously overpowered in that format and i just think that you're you're able to slow down and control the format a little better without faithless looting there Fair. you can replace it with ideas unbound as well like that that was a card beforehand when uh, bubble hulk was a, a thing for a hot minute and played footsteps of the gorio you played ideas unbound alongside Faithless Looting. And Faithless That's Looting was fair. actually the worst of the two at that point in time in Modern. There weren't many decks playing it. There wasn't really a dredge deck. This was the only real graveyard deck you had, aside from Gorio's Vengeance, 
which relies on Faithless Unity because the deck is basically black-red at its core, so it can't cast Ideas Unbound, and there's no other really cheap draw spell for one. So yeah. I think that's what we see go. I don't think Ancient Stirrings is ever a problem for this format. No. Not with uh, Force of Negation floating around. You can control both decks that use it at the moment. I don't think there's... It's just Hardened Scales and Tron. I don't think there's a third deck that uses it right now. Yeah, I think my my biggest thing is... Uh, I think looting should probably go. But, 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 but... I think that you had the perfect opportunity when you printed Modern Horizons to print Careful Study and ban Faithless Looting, and it is fine. Yep. The problem is eight copies. Running eight copies of it is way too much. Four copies is fine. Yes. The, the flashback on that card is unreal. It allows the Dredge deck to play much longer games than it needs to. And if you play Careful Study or un, or Ideas Unbound, both are in blue, so the Phoenix deck still gets to kick it and stick yeah. around in the format. That deck doesn't necessarily die out if you ban Faithless Looting. It just changes a little bit and slows down when it comes to recurring Phoenix. Flipping thing in the ice might be a little harder as well because you can't just off of Monomorphos cast Faithless Looting, Gutshot Lightning, but like, it's different. You might, you'll probably also lose Mono Red Phoenix and Mono Red Prowess, but those might survive with Light Up the Stage as alternatives, I'm not sure. But you don't yeah. really kill off a chunk of the format by taking Faithless Looting out right now. It's basically graveyard strategies that are looking to do things with uh, Hogak or similar shells in Dredge itself. Yeah, Dredge doesn't need to be a deck in Modern. It wasn't a deck for years, and if you kill it, you're not going to, to cut off your nose to spite your face when it comes to the financial impact of this, which is why they never ban Misha's Workshop. Ban, yeah. not restrict. First I, I, that card should be restricted. I would love to see it. Yeah. It was on my list, yeah. but I doubt we see it. I, I also think Legacy yeah. is fine right now. Uh, the rise of four-color control over the weekend was a little, four-color Delver was a little interesting, but I think that's going to happen when you have infinite fetch lands and all the duels at your disposal right now. Like, yeah. It's whatever. The format is still kind of figuring itself out. I, and not a lot of people are playing Blood Moon anymore, so I Ooh. think it's it's at a good opportunity where like, Deathrite helped a lot. Yes. It really did. There's just not a lot of Wasteland floating around, and there's not a lot of Blood Moon. So I think it's just well-positioned right now. Yeah, I, and so I, I think Legacy's fine. Like At any point in time, it look, when it looks like you can play Reanimator in the format, like blue-black, not black-red, blue-black Reanimator, yeah. where you can actually control the game a little bit and set up a game plan and not just like blow your load on turn one, you, know, you can go again and again, then I think the format's in an extremely healthy spot. Because then all yeah. you have to do is play Grafdigger's Cage or Surgical. It's fine. You don't have to worry about like 16 decks playing the similar similar themes. Yeah. There, there's no countertop to worry about. You don't you you don't have to worry about Deathrite Shaman blocking your Goblin Lackey. You know, that's fine. I think Vintage needs a fix, but it's needed it since War of the Spark. <clears throat> like that that set should have come out and like two weeks later they should have just like uh, started banning cards, but. Almost ironically, it seems like vintage league players are having a problems queuing right now. They're not at, games just aren't firing. I saw this on on Twitter the other day. You can join a vintage league queue, but you might never play a game. It, just moto, sitting there forever. Yeah, because the format is hot garbage. No, it no, people so bad. No, people queue. The league fires. There's just something literally wrong with Moto. Oh, fair. Moto's just not pairing people. 
Like you, you, from what I understand, you can't start a league without the requ- and like get ready for pairings without the requisite number of people. So the league is actually Watsy firing. Exactly, the league is actually firing. Moto was just not pairing people. So it's just like, what do you do? Well, you're not getting format data. Your program's busted. So, I don't know. We haven't had we had a Eternal Weekend Japan not too long ago. Like people are upvoting the the commentary. So yeah. I assume we have some kind of results, but like. At this point in time, if the format is just shops, Narset, and uh, various incarnations of uh, Tefri-style decks, and you don't have room for Bazaar, then you should probably look at your format and figure out what's going on. Like, Yeah. I mean, Hog- Hogak, Dredge is absurd right now. The problem is, like... I mean, when I when I went to Stacks Exchange and played, I had seven pieces of hate for Dredge in my board. Mm-hmm. Seven. And it's just doesn't work that sounds accurate maybe a little light yeah the, yeah. the nice part is dredge dredge just does not care about narset no it wants to literally just put those cards in the graveyard on your turn yeah but it's also going to draw those too because it's your turn not mine yeah it's uh but when you uh, paradoxical as far as I, i'm concerned probably isn't that bad it was it might be mentor in that deck you might just need to cut mentor yeah. out of the format if you like when Rich Shea rolled that deck out in uh, the Vintage Super League, and people were like, there's no way, no way he's going to be able to combo out this turn and win with Tendrils. And then he won, and then he XO'd that entire night between Tendrils and Monastery Mentors. Like, mm, maybe you need to start looking at it. And it's been like 18 months since he did it. It became a cornerstone of the format. Yeah. But you're running into the same problem in Vintage that you have when in Legacy and Modern with this with Monastery Mentor, which is just, you finally have enough f- cheap cantrips and all these formats to work on. You can essentially lock out the game with Narset and just yeah. not even take your sweet-ass time to win. You just play one or two Mentors in your 75 somewhere. Side yeah. them in and win. But as a backup. But if you have to if you cut that loose, now people have to focus more on their primary game plans which changes the way games play out and you don't have to have, like, a fun of sideboard to try and get XYZ and Monastery Mentor. Yeah. I think there's a modern match from the Star City Open over the weekend that you can go back and watch somewhere in the top four where Mentor hit the board, made one token, and then almost, that one token almost took the game. Yep, Just, it happens. Like, I don't know. I, I think that card puts Paradoxical over the top, but I would like to see Paradoxical outcome restricted like all the rest of the good storm enablers yeah like mine's desire was restricted before the card was even openable like they knew the mistake they made with that card and pre-restricted it yep you don't think a deck that plays a ton of zero and one artifacts is going to take advantage of four paradoxical outcomes at some point who knew idolon of the great rebel is not unplayable in vintage but basically unplayable in vintage like you're not going to kill somebody so i I can see something being done with the storm deck i don't i don't know what you can do with shops besides literally restrict every artifact in vintage i mean i mean the thing is like you you restrict shop and you restrict great creator although granted uh great creator shops is a completely different beast okay than is ravager shops uh, and I think that's, you know, a decent segue into picks for the week 
because yep. my pick, contrary to what I said would happen with the ban and restricted list, is from the Great Creator Shops list, which is just stacks. Yep. Uh, and it is Foil Manifold Key. So it's Voltaic Key with upside. It's just better. Yeah. It, it's the same CMC. It still combos with Time Vault. And it makes your Foundry Inspector unblockable so you can swing for the fences and get the win. And the foils right now are about $5 mm -hmm. uh, for a card that you can run as a four of, mind you, uh, and has the upside. Oh, yeah. So this gets you Voltaic Key number two in EDH. It gets you Voltaic Key two through five in Vintage. Mm -hmm. uh, it has one foil printing of a mass print set, which had foils at a higher insertion ratio. Which probably makes everyone scream, ah, this is probably terrible. Like, financially, this isn't bad, there's going to be so many of them, blah, blah, blah. You know what? I think that's great. I think there's going to be a lot of them. I think the foils are super deflated. Mm -hmm. uh, just because everyone thinks there's so many of them, because foils are one in three packs. So I think this is just a really good opportunity to start buying into them. Yep. Because I think long-term, it wasn't that long ago that Voltaic key foils were 30 to $40 until this got printed. And then the foils tanked down to 10 I think this is easily a 15 to $20 foil. I don't think it has any problems reaching that whatsoever. No, I, I don't... I don't think so either. And with Eternal Weekend DOS coming up in about a month and a half. Yeah, October thirty first. Yeah, that that's most likely when you're going to see your huge increase, either coming into or coming out of that event, depending on what goes on with the vintage environment and uh, any super leagues we have leading up to it. I don't know what their schedule is. Yeah. No, I I think it's a good card overall. Obviously, more copies of Voltaic Key are better because that card just does dumb things you don't even need to untap time vault or give one of your artifact creatures unblockable slash vigilance just being able to untap some of your large mana producing rocks is also ridiculous in the early games of shop and edh and i, I think it might just be understated what what this card can do if you've never played a deck that really takes advantage of voltaic key yeah uh, let me check something staff what staff of domination does like 16 things does it untap it untaps itself, and it with unbounded mana lets you draw your deck and like gain infinite life or something absurd like that. Okay. Uh, draw a card, tap a creature, untap a creature, gain a life, and one colorless to untap it. Yeah. Okay. It, it untapped itself, which is the important part. I couldn't remember if it untapped itself or it could untap something else. So. Yeah. I know. I, I like manifold key. I picked up a bunch of copies for like a quarter or less because it's. It's an EDH insertable card immediately. It goes straight into uh, vintage decks. There's no reason why people shouldn't not own some number of this card for under a quarter for uh, you know, the near future. Yeah. There's actually a chance... Now, I've seen this question floated. Why is mud bad in Legacy? It's not because it doesn't have artifacts to untap with Voltaic Key, but the fact that you now have Key 
might not be bad. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, like, it it gives you infinite mana with a card in one artifact in your hand in Metalworker, right? Is yeah. Metalworker two per? Yeah. Yeah, two. So you get, you get unbounded mana. It's just, what do you do with it? Yeah. Is Voltaic key? No, key is not uh, banned in Legacy. I didn't think so. Yeah, no. There's just not enough, like good things yeah and i don't think keys five through eight really change that deck but at this point who knows yeah i don't know i like i said i like it as a long-term hold i picked up a bunch of copies of the the non-foil just because i think i can move that one sooner if i wanted yeah i think that's fair i think that one grows faster but has a much lower ceiling yeah definitely we're just currently at the floor i don't think this is a card that really drops any much lower than a quarter yeah yeah get in when you can um, and this is not a bad card to pick up in foil, like I said, and just sit on. No, I think so. it's good. Also, on the uh, the old ass train of cards to pick up, I chose a Elvish Reclaimer. And while it's not old, the format it goes in and the deck that plays it are old as dirt. Yeah. Elvish Reclaimer is doing nothing but trending down. But if you notice, Market and Average have been coming together for a little bit right now. Because Golgari Depths is one of the decks to play in Legacy. It was yeah. all over the Star City event. It was on camera probably majority of the rounds. So somewhere, see, fifth year on event. So maybe somewhere in the neighborhood of, uh, I want to say, six or seven would be generous. Eight is obviously the majority, but it was on more than enough to take it, to see this card actually do its thing. It was in several videos leading up to the event and it is starting to slide into Jund decks that play Ren and Six. It just mm-hmm. allows you to cycle through lands to go get your utility pieces. Yeah. At $1.72 on TCG, you're seeing something interesting. There are vendors out there who are selling this card for anywhere from $1.50 to about $2. But if you look at the open market on eBay, this card goes for $3 plus. Yep. on eBay. So you're seeing a difference in marketplace there. When the time comes and people actually process these legacy results and start picking up these decks for Moto, start playing them out in the, the next Star Cities, and you see Reclaimer pick up, this is a card that probably just goes from, what is it, $1.75 I think, average to yeah. five. Five, no problem. Yeah. Crap rotations, five through eight are stupendous in that deck. You can basically forego a chunk of the protection spells when you can just keep rotating through your deck with something like yep. Ren and, and side in Renin 6 or Crucible and just start buying it back. You can just buy through combo pieces to go get more utility lands. You can yep. play it in the uh, the full lands deck itself, which just plays more lands and worries a little more about uh, recursion. Gol- yep. Golgari Depths is all about speed. So yep. this obviously makes sense in there because you want to you be able to pump out uh, either depths and thespian stage as quickly as possible or hex mage and depths and doing that requires as many dedicated pieces is this the card yeah. that fits into a deck like infect which also runs crap rotation most likely not although no i i actually know some people that are thinking about it in rug delver okay because you end up with like filtering through with so many fetch lands and mm-hmm. it's not hard to get three in there plus you have wastelands in that yeah. deck and it's a th- it's a one mana threat that dodges bolt. Yeah, at that point. And 
like gets you utility. So I'm flooded right now. Well, I, you know, it, it's effectively like an extra cantrip almost at that point. Yeah, it has a weird pseudo nimble mongoose clause where it just gets bigger. Um, yeah. The other thing is, and I forgot about this until you mentioned it, that Rug Delver actually runs fewer fetchable targets than it does fetch lands, and you yep. can't fetch up your wastelands. Correct. So it allows you to churn through your excess or off-color fetches to go get wastelands something useful. Yep. Uh, it also, uh, I've switched from Abzan Maverick to four-color loam, and I know there's some people that are saying four-color loam as well. It's yep. a, a beater. Absolutely. So. And uh, old-style Mavericks, Maverick list, this would also, what they use like Knight of the Reliquary, this also helps you get pump in too. If you, you can... Not only just to yep. pump up Knight, but to go get multiple utility lands in a turn, because it's one of the things that those decks like to do, which is go get Wasteland numbers, like yeah. 1 and 2, Ghost Quarter, whatever you need, and then eventually start attacking with Knight when it's, you know, an 8-8 or something like that. But yeah. with 3 lands in your graveyard, that's, you know, 2 fetches and a tutor, and you don't need to worry about it being a forest or a plains. You can just get rid of excess lands that just you don't need at the moment if you have an additional if you're playing the cradle version of maverick you can just ditch a cradle power this guy up and go get a wasteland or another cradle like yeah it, it offers a ton of flexibility in decks that just want to make better use of their land slots because they don't need to have four five six seven lands on the battlefield they're just trying to do something quick and get rid of it or they have a way to recur back all those lands and play multiple in the same term a la the actual land deck with both exploration and mana bonds where you just like dump it all out yeah. yeah this is a card that we're just beginning to see the utility of it it's been flat since release which is like all of a month and now the results are starting to pour in so i would get in on sooner than later uh, like i said i when i was looking at prices and i noticed some vendors were selling it for less than tcg market i just bought a handful of them yeah like it's one of those things where after promo codes on vendor sites it was just insanely cheap you know for instance channel fireball always accepts half or humph however yeah, you want to pronounce it whatever it is yeah as a five percent off so when i bought my elvish reclaimers from cfb they were much cheaper than market price and then some because of the you know coupons man coupons pretty great mm -hmm. but i think it's a uh, enough waxing about elvish reclaimer for this week yeah <laughs> so we're headed to vegas both of us tomorrow there's a really good chance we don't get an episode out until tuesday unless we have the time to sync up and do one live which would be dope but i'm not bring i might bring a webcam and see if we can do it yeah i think i mean we're we're flying out sunday around six so okay i'm out monday yeah. but we have all those days in between so, yeah, if we can get something out from Vegas, I'm definitely going to try. I'll definitely try and get that done. Otherwise, you know, we are at MTG Cabalcast on Twitter and Patreon. I am at Halt. I am Reptar. You are at Thirsty Sizzler. We're still accepting entries into our Uma giveaway, and we will be. Jeez, uh, I don't know when we'll get our C16 stuff, just because we'll both be away. But at some point. Yeah. We'll announce I that raffle. Should be God, I it may be a little bit because I uh I got Vegas and then SCG Dallas and then Indy. Uh, that's perfect. That yeah. We'll figure out where we're gonna raffle it and at that point once we figure it out, we'll set a date for the last patron entry, we'll freeze the list, we'll raffle it off from there, and then we'll be yep. giving away C six C nineteen. I think I said sixteen. That was my mistake. C nineteen. Oh yeah, C nineteen, yeah, not sixteen. Yeah, no. The new one. Yeah. yeah. So 
you know, thanks for watching, guys, and we'll see you next week. Yep, see you next week, guys.